9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, taking you into day one of the lockdown if you live in the Montreal area. Uh, Enjoy uh, staying inside for the next 28 days, and might I suggest listening to over 200 episodes of Go Plug Yourself, probably starting with this one, where we have TSN 690's Sean Campbell. Uh, It kind of amazes me that we went throughout this entire episode without going, like Trade Center just happened and like a trade got pulled off or, or something like that. Uh, anyway, we talked to Sean, obviously, about sports. We're taking advantage of the fact that Ines is uh, still on hiatus from co-hosting. So Lawrence, Chris, and I talk all about uh, sports, a little bit mostly hockey because we do live in Montreal, but we talk about some other things too. There's even some uh, some football talk uh, at the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, Sean, for uh, coming on the show. It was fun to talk to you, and I hope we'll probably do it again maybe sometime when the, uh, when the Habs are actually playing, maybe when the season starts up again. Uh, listen now, enjoy the show tell your friends about go plug yourself we've been having a tremendous response lately so uh keep listening and i guess yeah share this episode if you uh, enjoy it thanks go plug yourself everybody two one hit it go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself We're live. We want to do an ad read we're, off the top, or do we're we live, pal. Doing... Who's the uh, who's the top who's the top advertiser? <laughs> uh, this week, uh, it's uh, Stella. It's Stella Art Stella Artois. Artois. And, uh, and uh, we have them on a we 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 sent them a cameo request, and uh, they never answered. And... <laughs> like you sent a cameo request to Stella Artois. Yeah, like I sent them the link. <laughs> like, and like, hey, you guys, are you guys on Cameo? <laughs> and then they never responded. I don't know why. Uh, but now, now I can't even search them up on my Twitter. I think they blocked me. Nah. I was gonna say before we hit record, we 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 mentioned our uh, the the hiatus of the the other co-host, and I was like, this show wouldn't really be able to happen because there's there's one thing that she doesn't like is sports talk. Like anytime we bring it up, she just like zones right out. That's so we're true. like, we're like, let's get a sports episode in while she's on hiatus. <laughs> and what better time than like right after another Stanley Cup Finals where the Montreal Canadiens didn't participate in, um, and we get one of the voices of the the Habs in this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the play-by-play guy for the Laval Rocket, which is fucking dope. Uh, and he hosts a thousand different things on on TSN 690. The one and only Sean Campbell. Yes, Bell Media. One and only, by the way. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Take that, Sean Campbell in Toronto. Fuck. <laughs> Sean Campbell. Worst. I, it's it's an email hell, man. Email hell. Every time. And he has huge contracts that goes through his contract. They're like, I, we need to know about this today. It's a $50,000. I'm like, yeah, wrong Sean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, forward, you forward it off to him like Sean they need to know by today yeah no it's the best. We, we email back and forth all the time and the worst thing is I have Sean.Campbell he has Sean.Campbell one like, oh. that's the worst Lawrence that's are there the any uh, Lawrence uh, Corbers at Shaw this, this nope. cross uh, this cross promo uh, tour here there is there is none but some what a shock people, what a fucking shock <laughs> people still find a way to fuck up my name even though my last name is six letters uh, and it's unbelievable. I don't 
like these uh well pronunciation is that what what's the worst pronunciation you get a corver uh, other than it. me who intentionally brings you up as a joke well, you, yeah, you must get corbe i get corbe all the time i don't know if yeah. sean knows that but chris and i have been doing comedy for so long that we've decided every time we bring each other up on stage we just have a little bit of fun with it and then generally it's never professional no just, <laughs> just each other's name on purpose when we bring each other up on stage so i think it's like you Chris have that relationship yeah vendetti a lot uh sean you have that relationship a bit with mitch gallo don't you yeah a little bit we do he's uh, a friend of the montreal comedy scene shout yeah, out to we, mitch gallo uh, we, we we you know when you're just when working with somebody for so long you just kind of do as you please and you say what you want and you know that you kind of cross that line so many times it doesn't matter how many times you cross that line you know mm-hmm. i try and i push his buttons as much as i can on the air or on our own podcast because i know how to you know start grinding his gears a little bit maybe i'll start you know mispronouncing his name on purpose i kind of like that idea that's, that's no good... just you know what you could do is you could give uh walter mitch's phone number and have walter just terrorize him because uh, yeah. he, he's and because walter ling terrorizes the three of us on a, a like a daily basis the, uh so my, my like, question about mitch without necessarily you don't and you don't really need to answer this is like, can can he if can he can he take it because i think that's the thing about walter is walter loves to dish but then yeah, when, you, when, when you yeah. bust balls back, he's like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. Gets, well, I'll, I'll give you a little secret about Mitch Gallo is, look, he can take it and he can dish it, but he is a diva. He gets in these diva moments where he kind of, he has a lot of bravado and I can really just knock him off that peg really fast. And then he doesn't know how to react when he, when he gets in those diva moments. And I, I love calling him out when he's like that. I really do. And it sounds it like he's a yeah I, like anybody that knows him a little bit can see that it comes out sometimes but he he and i he knows i can cross that line and sometimes i cross that line and he just looks at me and goes what are you doing i'm like i don't know i'm just having fun i don't really care <laughs> any, anybody can come after me i don't i don't really care i'm you know like i told you there's two sean campbells at the station i'm not even the biggest sean at the station I almost just when I got into radio because in radio you can you can make up your own name if you want. They said you could just call yourself whatever you want on the air, and I I thought of just getting rid of my first name, just Campbell. All my friends just call me Campbell anyways, and I thought right. I, I would just be my name on the air, just straight up Campbell. Uh, and half half the people just call me Campbell anyways. Yeah, you didn't want to go uh, want to get like one of those weird like radio names to be like big hey, there's a couple in this, or whatever like, there's a couple in this fucking city let's be yeah. careful here yeah. <laughs> when the world comes back we're gonna need these guys to promo shit too so let's not, <laughs> let's not get slanderous yeah i was I, thinking more of the american ones when they're just sort of like mornings with sharky and the boss kid or whatever you know well, like, tasso tasso is the, is the one we could talk about because he's out of the business but tasso like he was a whole character of himself in q92 back in the day yeah. It, was it only me that their par- their mother made listen to Q92? I don't know. It was Aaron and Aaron and Tasso, right? Aaron yeah. and Tasso, the yeah, grumpiest men in show business. Aaron Rand, like thirty years ago. I with Suzanne to... Desotel. With Suzanne yeah. Desotel. I, I went. To... I do weekly hits with Aaron Rand now, and the best part, my so I do weekly hits on with him on CJAD. They call me six o'clock. You should tune in six twenty every Friday to talk sports. The only time they talk sports on CJAD, <laughs> and. The, the the first like three times I came over and did hits with him, he had no idea who I was, and he would never. He'd be like, "And we have sports." They would always say sports next with Mitch Gallo, with Sean Starr, with Rick Moffat, with me. Be like, and next is sports. <laughs> That's some bullshit. He had no idea what my name was whatsoever. 
even one time he called me Sean Starr. I was like, yeah. I saw you tweet that. I saw you tweet that yesterday about oh, yeah. you were at the golf course and people found out you were Sean. You, you worked in radio. Like, oh, you Sean Starr? Yeah, because I'm golfing. They just they yeah Sean Starr, and they just they go they they just go straight up. And this guy, I I, I did the first nine by myself. He caught up to me. I was like, yeah, come on, let's do the back nine together. And he's like, oh, what do you do? You're in radio, sports. Oh, are you Sean? No, I'm Sean Campbell and <laughs> Sean we- Starr. I did I did pull a prank though on someone at CJD about a year and a half ago. She no longer works at CJD, but she worked mornings because I mean, of this prank. No. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> oh no. On my desk, on my desk, I share a desk with Joey Alfieri, Sean Starr, and myself, and all our names are on the desk because we have different shifts. We can all sit at the same desk, and. She, she's been working there. I've been there at the same time every morning and she just got this really annoying voice. And I just, I said hi to her a couple times, but that's it. And then she comes in like a year and a half later. She goes, look, we're always next to each other. I, I, what's your name again? You know, and she asked my name and I know she knows who Sean Starr is. And I just went, I'm Sean Starr. And her face, she just realized she's been calling Sean Starr, Sean Starr, when I was actually Sean Starr, but I wasn't actually <laughs> Sean Starr. And I just, actually, uh, I never talked to her again. I no, it's the best. And I don't think Star ever talked to her again because she probably avoided him. I we we get then she got fired. And I, I, know, I know this happens to Lawrence too, but anytime anyone finds out I do comedy, they're like, "So do you know Joey Elias?" I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. And they're like, "Wow." Have, have you it's seen like, the day it's... after tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> and one time it happened to me while I was on stage. Literally on stage, and someone like barked out, like, "Do you know Joey Elias?" Like, I'm like, "Are you gonna ask everybody this?" And then it, the room was like pretty filled with comics, so I just decided that I was just gonna be like, "Not, nah, never heard of him. Who is he?" And then this person in the crowd was feeding me Joey's resume. He's like, just like, "Well, he's done all these things, and he's going with charity, and he's he saved a legion, and he all this I was like, "Oh, thank you so much. I should really look him up." Thank you. It would have been. It would have been even better. If the if the uh, the audience members started like just doing Joey's bitch, like oh he's got this one joke and just and just like just like running through some of Joey's material, you'd be like oh cool. Chris and I, Chris and I were in the room once when Emo Phillips came to the Comedy Nest, and Emo Phillips has been doing comedy for like forty years. Like he's like one of the <laughs> comedy o- before they were fucking color television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> black and white footage of Emo Phillips. It exists. He's one of the with, first with Sinatra and Rickles in fucking Vegas. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was one of the first people to do like a weird absurdist kind of comedy and it was just like really cool to sit there and watch him and to look across the room and see like the older guys that I look up to and Chris look up to looking up to him was just really cool and it got to a point of the show where someone yelled out essentially a request like do this joke and Emo Phillips though skipping a beat goes oh I don't remember how it goes <laughs> so this person was feeding his joke to him and he was correcting him and then went his way through the it was just fucking just so much fun to watch and just like those little <laughs> are just beautiful uh sean lawrence and i have been on your show a couple of times i've been on your show a bunch of times by myself with other people uh i've always wanted to ask you this and keith and i were talking about this before you jumped on yeah we've just been How... talking about audience audience members and this, I think yeah it's good, but like it's the segue. same thing it's the exactly, same thing yeah. for sean <laughs> how many times a night when you do a post-game show do you want to hang up the phone oh i do it when i want to that's, that's <laughs> I, I look a lot of people uh, like my producer 
who, uh, I, if I'm on location or if I'm in studio, he freaks out because he can tell that it's one, a prank call or two, someone wants to stir up some shit and they want to, you know, or they're just being stupid on purpose. But I, I can kind of read right through that. I'm, I'm pretty good. But I also know that the postgame show, yes, you want to be informative, but it's entertainment. Yeah. You want to entertain. And when you get stupid phone calls, you run with it. You get, a, you get a prank call from a teenage kid, you run with it. And my, my producer always freaks out and is on the fader. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, Jimmy, put him back up. Don't worry about it. You know, if he drops an F-bomb. Bring, bring him back, Jimmy. Bring him back. No, bring the kid back. Like, put him back. Where'd he go? No, no, it's okay. Don't hang up. And then, you know, sometimes you let them rant. But then, you know, sometimes you feel the vibe of the show and it's just like a boring Monday night against the Florida Panthers and you're like, what's going on? And some guy says the stupidest thing and he doesn't mean to. You just jump all over and you start yelling and screaming a little a la Ron Fournier just for fun. But <laughs> I, I, if I if I don't like a caller, I, I hang up. That's uh, amazing. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a couple callers. I You get to know the callers quite well because yeah. they are regulars and they say about the amount of people that listen, only about 4% call in. Not, yeah. Some people listen, they don't actually call in. And our post-game show is about calling in. You know, the worst, you could do a post-game show with no call-ins. That's fine. You just have to be prepared for it. But there's this one guy, and he's got, every single time, he's got a little bit of hint of, I, I, want, I don't want to call it like full-blown, but like a hint of like racism. Like every single time he, he Oh, he no. Brings, no, no. He always just brings something back. And I... And I, I banned him for a while, and then sometimes he gets back on because I'm not in the studio. And i just waiting for that moment for him to just get that. I'm like, see you later. And I just, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just not going to let him finish. Don't stop. Yeah. Well, and, no. and, and it turns out that was Don Cherry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's Russian, Sean. I tell you. <laughs> okay. I, wish, I wish we had cameras sometimes. And Gallo laughs when I do this is uh, – there's callers, and I just, I get bored. Like, sometimes they're just boring. Sorry. <laughs> and I know what they're going to say. And I'm wearing a headset. And I go, like, hey, welcome. Hey, Jeff. Jeff from, you know, Lungay. How you doing? And then and I just put my headset down, because I can't listen to it. And, and, I, and I just to Gallo. I'm like, deal with it. And the guy's still talking. And I kind of look at my watch. And I go, okay, that's about 45 seconds. I have no idea what he said. Put the headset back on. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Let's go to Mike. <laughs> I, I bet next time you hear me just cut a guy and just say thanks, it's because I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. You can't. You Pulling can't back the curtain. Everybody. And Sean, do you, have, uh, do you have specific calls that really stuck out or things that were like super memorable from the thousands and thousands of incoming calls? Oh, couple calls. Oh, what's her name? I think it was Marsha. And. So Marsha, and we had some elderly ladies call the post-game show. And um, so Marsha calls in, and I forget, we were talking about, I don't know how we got this into the post-game show, but we were talking about Bob Barker. I still have the audio somewhere. I, I, I have it. And, and for some reason, it gets into Bob Barker. And then Gallo goes to her, like, talk about the game, but then says, like, what? Marsha, you don't like Bob Barker? And then she goes, He's a sexual predator. No. <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh, and breaking no news. Breaking news to Marsha. Marsha does not like Bob Barker because apparently he's a sexual predator. 
and that that I will never forget that one. At all. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't like Bob Barker. Got to Bob Barker. I'm not sure. I know I still have the clip of Marsha saying that, and I and when I say Marsha, maybe it was Mary. I'm, I'm trying to remember that yeah. one. Yeah, Chris. Chris and I were talking before uh, before you jumped on, Sean, just about th- that. There's a there's a a not TSN, not Bell Media, not CJAD phone-in radio sports show that it, that is the the best where you're just sort of like okay it's the you know coming up on the Habs post game show uh Marsha's gonna call us in with more about Bob Barker and that's just what it's about just yeah. like catering exclusively to the craziest call-ins that I know you guys have to keep the like you said no, they have the market cornered I, I listen I, I listen and I want to ask you this because I'm not. I'm not saying we're we're coming after them. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't pitch our brand new idea uh, to the guy who's doing the exact same show. No, no but then you fine. can tell. You can then Sean when can just be like like listen, you're done. Call Chris and Keith and just hang up on them. <laughs> They're waiting. Let, let me, look, you only belong on Instagram. You have the wrong numbers. Call this number, and they will give you the time you need to express yourself about Bob Barker. Exactly. That's it. Just just funnel funnel the craziest calls our way, and we'll just we'll just feel them. If TSN was taken over creatively by like Tarantino, and they're able to just go full out, and Sean goes like on like a midday show, and like, I'll tell you what the fuck to do with your Bob Barker call, Marsha. <laughs> Shut up your fucking ass. Next, what are we doing here? Just yell at your producer, Jimmy. Never again, Jimmy. Sometimes, sometimes I yell Jimmy, and Jimmy's not even my operator. It's just somebody else. But I find it's funnier if I yell at Jimmy. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's the other thing. Like Jimmy and I, like Jimmy is, he does most of the post game shows. And a lot, of, like I'm harsh on him, but it's more like you guys know, it's a show and it's comedy. And I love Jimmy. Garafoulis, right? Yeah, Jimmy G. He does an incredible Jimmy job. G. And he, he is a personality that's hard to deal with and not many people can deal with it. But I, I will tell you straight up, I have only love for him. And when I'm harsh to him, it's really because we're having fun with it. And some people, like, they'll tweet me. They're like, man, you're mean to Jimmy. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. Jimmy gets Christmas presents from me. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy's going to be fucking fine. All yeah. right? <laughs> Jimmy's, Jimmy's going to be okay. Jimmy's, my favorite thing is Jimmy gives me Christmas gifts every year, and it's always his dad's homemade wine. And whew, that's stuff. Like a true immigrant. Tough, tough to get down. Give the, sh- give the shit your parents make to, to yeah. all your friends for Christmas. But every year Such I a get, good gimmick. I, every year I get a bottle. It's vinegar by April. <laughs> I, cook, I cook with it a lot. You should. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's not very edible. Who, who had that? I, I was like, I was, I was driving one morning, and somebody had a thing on on the on the on six ninety about homemade wine and how it's terrible. I forget uh, that, who. Uh, Connor in the morning show. He has a what's it? A bromelier every week. Are those wine people. Uh, I see. Yeah, I'm not that elitist that I know what it's really called or I know my no, I, I appreciate it. That's why you booked you and not Connor. Um, <laughs> I love I'm kidding, Connor. Connor. We love you too. If you want to come on, spike the numbers. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. We have nothing but time now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Our Red jobs zone, are baby. We're doing, we're doing this five nights a week now. No. Um, how, how crazy was it when sports shut down for you guys in March? Because it happened like yeah. within 36 hours, right? It was Everything was yeah. shut down. At first, it was like, okay, things are shut down. You know, it'll be down a week, two, three, maybe a month, and then we'll see what we're going to get going. Uh, so, like, the first month, you're just dealing with the how, what happened, what's going to happen. And then after 30 days, you're like, all right, now what the fuck did we talk about? I mean, the, the, for the four months that sports were down, 
the two middle months were incredibly hard. Some of the hardest radio I've had to work through um, and prepare for. And I, I love a challenge. My, I usually get to host in the summer by myself. Summers, things are slower down. Slow, they're, they're a little bit slower. You really have to prepare. You have to be ready. But the two months, or there's four months, but the two middle months, the first was like the aftermath and what's going to happen and, you know, everything, this is all new. Then you kind of settled it into what it was. And then there was no answers. And it was just speculation. You had no idea what to talk about almost on a daily basis. And it was it was challenging. I'm not I'm not going to lie. It was challenging. Some of us had forced vacation for a little bit and all that stuff, just like every other company. Uh, but then when sports started revving up again, and that final month when we knew sports were coming back, then you could get back into, this is what it's going to look like. We got training camp. This is good. And then sports and the NBA and NHL came back, and it was like, bam, like full throttle, nonstop, even to today. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that was tons of fun. But how many, times, that, how many times did you have to repeat uh, how the the new playoff format worked and what the like was that like on every hour you're just like okay so here's what's happening there's yeah. five game series to get in <laughs> then there's also this weird round robin tournament that nobody cares about somehow it's going to result in the Flyers being the top ranked seed and just it's going to be complete stupidity and yeah. then we are going to be reseeding in between every round even though we don't normally like like. If you're I'm, good at it, you could you could make that a segment on an yeah. hourly basis. I can take what you just said, and I can make that 15 minutes long. Oh, like, yeah. I, like that's that's the art of what we do sometimes is you know you try and take what you just said for uh, the format, and then yeah. now you're like let me turn this into a 12 minute segment. All yeah, right. we're gonna talk about the format, and and I mean, and not not for nothing, but I mean, I I, I was I was mentioning that because a lot of uh, a lot of sports radio, a lot of sports talk shows, whatever, we're doing that, and I was mm -hmm. like. And not and no disrespect to them because I remember explaining it to my friends multiple times. So they were like, once they had the the, the format down, yeah. then they were like, oh, and they're going to be reseeding. And they're like, yeah, but they don't ever reseed. I'm like, well, they are this time. <laughs> you know, like you're just are like, they in the playoffs? Are they not in the playoffs? It's a qualifying round. But if they lose, then they didn't make the playoffs. Like, Toronto, did they make the playoffs? No, they didn't. It was just the end of the like. You know, it's just you had a thing on stats, didn't you? That, why, why the stats the stats don't count and why it matters and I think that was like a whole twenty minutes on the on the stats not counting oh, for the, that that's one of that was one of my uh, that was an internet thing that got big on the internet how how yeah. what are the stats going to be they're not going to count for the playoffs they're not going to count for the season like where are those stats going to go they're just limbo stats that don't well, count. <laughs> bubble it stats gets I, I remember on the TV broadcast on the um, on the play in round how all of the broadcasters are pointing out and they're just sort of like, well, this will be the first time these two teams face off in a five-game series. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. I was like, five-game series existed for like four years or something in the NHL. Like, And they're just sort of like, their record in five-game series is this. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, you're talking about, was it like at a certain point in the 80s, there was a five-game series. Like, yeah. And these two teams, like... The, the sport was different. Why are you talking about... The Whalers. About the Whalers were yeah. in the league. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how that works. And that's 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 interesting that you brought that up because you're listening to the guys that are on the TV. So all those top guys that are on TV, and I'm not saying that they don't do their own research, but they have researchers for them. And yeah. there's just information that's fed to them that they're going to say on the air. I do that if, I do I do that job for uh, the CFL on TSN. I, mm -hmm. I get stats during the game that aren't, you know, he rushed for eight yards. I do other things like rush average and... Uh, first down how many times they passed or they ran and i feed that to the color commentary so every time he says something it's sometimes it's just stats that are coming from the stat guy behind him yeah so 
these guys get fed all that information. That's why when you get to the smaller, you know, play-by-play booths on TSN 690, it's kind of just Dan, Sergio, and myself, and I'm helping them out a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. Dan does all his research. So whatever Dan's going to say, he's going to—he's not just going to take whatever the guy says and just read it out. He's going to actually research what he's interested in. So sometimes yeah. in mundane stat, when I and I'm when I hear you say that, Keith, like a mundane stat, like a five-game series, and it last happened in 1983. I'm like, they're just reading some dude just gave him a piece of paper and he just decided to read that. I'm like, the guy did no prep for that. Like, yeah. I, if, as a play-by-play guy, I would have been like, this is irrelevant. I don't, I don't want that. Well, I, I also think it was uh, to 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 cut those guys like a little bit of slack too. It was so weird because like there was n- like especially those like game ones and games two, like even they were either talking about stuff from the eighties or they're talking about what the team looked like six months ago. You know, so like either way, it was still like you're filling time with nothing to be like, oh, they were on a winning streak going into the bubble, and I was like, that yeah. was six months ago, so that also doesn't mean anything. No. You know, so it was like I did feel bad for them in those like early games because I was like, you have nothing to talk about of value at this point. Like, there's no basis to any of this. There's no precedent to any of this. None of the team's history relates to this. Players who were injured are back. Some players who aren't injured opted out of the bubble. Like there was like no meaningful like from one game to the next kind of storyline to weave at that point. They're just like hockey's back, and now mm-hmm. I need to talk about it for two hours. Can't talk about the fans. There are no fans. Can't talk about this. Like so, I do feel that I get as annoying as it was for me to watch it <laughs> and hear these like really stupid stats thrown out. I do feel for the guys who kind of were went into the bubble and were in that building just being like this is not really the job yeah. I tried to get and had for the last 40 years or whatever. This is a whole, I wanted, I wanted McGuire to drop me one number about the evolution of the, of, of the four check in the bubble, <laughs> you know, in, you know, in Ju- July, this wasn't happening in the bubble, but now what a monster. <laughs> and just a, a really bunch of references to time and space. No, we, I like Pierre. I saw Pierre at Mitch's 60th last year. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, you're Pierre Maguire. And he's like, hey, do you know where the ATM is? And I'm like, <laughs> no, man, I'm sorry. Man. They, I live in the I, West Island. Yeah, I, I've, I've met Pierre, I want to say five times. And I and I talked to him on the air. Like, I'm not on the drive, but I talked to him enough. And I posted the drive every single time I meet him. I'm like, hi, I'm Sean Campbell. You don't know who I am. <laughs> like every single time. Pierre Maguire. Like, oh, yeah, I know you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he might. He knows where you went to high school, and he has stats about how you played. Like, <laughs> take care of your families. Take care of your families, everyone. <laughs> exactly. He's Sean the guy who always it. has the college college record stats. Pierre Maguire all the time, and you're like, what's happening? I'd be impressed cool. if you knew my numbers. <laughs> what I wanted to ask is, you know, you talk about this period where there was so little sports, and then kind of everything came back at once. So now you go from having nothing. Was there a, a bunch of challenges when you have to cover? you know, four or five sports at the same time and they're all in like peak season and they all have ramifications moving forward? Well, where we work in Montreal and sports radio, um, it's easy if the Canadians are playing. The mm-hmm. percentage, and I, you know, people ask me this all the time. They're like, oh, you talk abs all the time. I go, well, that's what people want to hear. I'm sorry. Sorry, Impact. Sorry, Al's. You know, it's just, you know, it was good. The Impact had, and I always say this in the summer, the Impact and the Owls have this window of opportunity before the Habs training camp starts in September 15th. I said, if you got, if you're in first place or you're on a playoff run, people will follow you, follow you in the fall. But if you're already out of it mid-season, you're done. 
you're not even going to get anybody showing up to your games. So the first thing, the Habs in the playoffs or play in, that just vaulted everything, like just through the roof. And even our numbers for the games were were incredible. And post-game numbers, they were really good. We had great ratings, even though you know, there was nothing going on. But everybody's just looking and getting jump into a conversation too like i can just imagine also you're just sort of like i want to talk about this but like yeah. normally the guys who would be like i'm gonna turn at the bar to the guy to my left and talk yeah. about this game i'm now sitting at home i'm gonna call tsn <laughs> like, well, listen, like, so just, ahead, just quickly on the on the hats though like what what i always say is it's about it's almost 75 to 80 percent we cover the hats that's yeah. it's just it's it's the driving force that people if we don't talk hats it kind of trickles off but when everything was like like Lawrence, what you're saying with everything coming back, that was tough. So you had impact games that were relevant. It was only training camp for the Canadians, but you still want to cover the NHL. NFL hadn't started up just yet. Baseball got pushed way back. CFL, nothing was happening. So the hockey just kind of took over when everything was coming back. The NBA has pushed itself, I think, past baseball in this city, at least for people caring. Uh, so we talked a little bit more NBA. But yeah, it, it, it's a tough balancing act. Like the other day I hosted on Thursday and I filled in for Tony. And I know I'm filling in for Tony, so that's Soccer Central. He was doing the morning show. And the Impact played the night before. And I had all this stuff planned and I did have a segment planned for the Impact. I ran along with a guest. I ended up talking Impact for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Someone called me out on it. It was that day after the game. You guys are the right holders. You only talked the Impact for 90 seconds. I go, yeah, I'm sorry. It happened. I tried my best. It, you know, I could talk Listen. Impact for half an hour, but I'm going to kill my show. Sorry. Let's let's simmer down on the impact here. I mean, I no, went to I'm that. People get mad because they want you to talk about what they want you to talk about. Eleven guys named Sal get mad, Sean, and <laughs> that sh- shouldn't dictate. I do love when you guys talk NFL and NBA, though, as a fan. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, again, I can't stand the Canadian narrative in this city anymore. It's just been so long of all the same as a personal thing. But, like, when you guys talk the other sports, I love it. Yeah, I personally, I, I love it. Because it's like you guys are less... You yeah. guys are less worried about making like saying something outlandish. I feel so like you're more comfortable because you know if you say something about the like the wrong hockey player, yeah. uh, the wrong Max Domi uh, take to get you. <laughs> like he said this about Domi, he was going to be traded and then he wasn't traded, and how is he on the radio? Like yeah, I get that all the time. I love talking NFL, NFL, and I'm I'm a big CFL fan too. But the NFL, I feel is like the last thing left, as you can tell with the hat I'm wearing, that I can actually be a fan. Like yeah. working in sports radio has killed my fandom. It really, really has. I, you know, I grew up a Canucks fan. I, I was in Montreal when I was young. I kind of liked the Habs, but not really. And then when I was able to choose my own team at nine, ten, I liked the Sabres for a while. But then it was Canucks through my teenage years, through and through. And you know, after that, I, I still kind of like them a little bit, but it just kills fandom. You and I, I never grew up a Habs fan. And everybody thinks, you know. You can just tell by the way people talk about the Habs, who was a Habs fan and who is now trying to balance it out. But in the NFL, I can talk NFL, and I, I don't hide behind what kind of fan I am. I'm a Packers fan, 16 and 0. They're gonna. People ask me, what do you think of the games? They're gonna crush them. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers is the best in the world, and I will take that narrative and use it on the air as part of my personality. But it, it's actually the one sport I could sit down take a team and cheer for them. I can go and I, I can watch any hockey game and enjoy it. Like the Stanley Cup final, I have no problem with it, but I don't have any rooting interest. I have rooting interest for a couple players that I like, but other than that, I love the NFL because I can really get behind my team and be a fan and hate other teams. Like screw you, Chicago bears. You know, I find, I find it 
really weird because I know I noticed. So this this year, watching uh, like watching the NHL playoffs, uh, I bought the center ice package, mm-hmm. right? So then you you can pick the the stream that you're watching, right? Either you can also like even on radio, you can listen to the different radio streams and stuff. And I find it so weird that even even like you guys doing like TSN and stuff, there's something the Canadian announcers, even though you're clearly you're like the Montreal radio show, you guys don't play like homers. Like there's still like a there's a little bit of impartiality that like like you'll you'll hear I'll hear like uh, like Dan and Sergio or whatever. They'll be like, that was a bad penalty that the Habs took. Mm-hmm. Like th- those words will come out of their mouth when the Habs take a bad penalty versus when you listen to like the Homer radio announcers from like Boston or whatever, where the team like walks on gold and cannot make any sort of mistake. And they're just like chewing out the other team. And it's it's very different. Is that like. Is that just because we're Canadian? Because I feel no. that the, the American Homer announcers are like you with the Packers. They're yeah. like, the Bruins are going to yeah. come out there and beat the trash out of the Habs like a pansy team getting on the ice. They have no respect for this team, and we're going to send them home. And you're like, are you're you? talking about Jack Edwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but look, that, I, that's, that, I like that. It's question. fun. I like it. I do. It's, it's something that I think about all the time as someone that has, you know, I dreamt to be a play-by-play guy. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's like how I got into radio. It's it's a long story. I used to be a teacher, and then I was out having beers after hockey one night, and this guy goes, and and I, and I just, because I hadn't had my education degree, so I had to go back to school, but they weren't accepting me, but I was already teaching in schools. So it was really weird. And I, I can relate. I, I was in a in a in a weird substitute yeah. teacher spot without an education disease degree yeah, for a while. But like, I was already I had my own classes. I was at a private school and I was yeah. tired. But I could have stayed. I could still be there if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But at, at the at the end of it, you know, my guy goes, "What did you want to do when you were 11 years old? When you were 11?" I go, "Well, be in the NHL." Well, besides that, I said I want to do play by play. He goes, "Well, then do it." That summer, I quit my job and I went to radio school and you know, wheels started turning and. You know, I've, I've called Habs games. I've done that. So, I, I you know, I'm kind of almost there. I've done Mobile Rocket and Alouette's games. But that question, just to get back to your question about Homerism, that, it, it, it hits me all the time. Because I do find with the Canadian market, there is a good balance. Not all of them, but I find mm-hmm. Dan and Sergio do a really good job. And you have to, ha- you have, I would say, like, our broadcast is probably... 60 40 like you hear if there's a good goal scored by the opposition it is wow that's a good goal you guys did a yeah. good job you can, you can still hear the excitement of the play and that's what you want to bring but you are on montreal based radio yeah so you have to do that so when you get to the u.s markets that is the home team the other thing is you are hired by the team most of those radio calls those mm-hmm. players work for the team dave michigan jack edwards they they work they're hired by the boston Bruins. they're hired by the tampa bay lightning now, Dan and Sergio, they're hired by TSN 690. You know, the Canadians have a say, but they're hired by our radio station. So you have right. to have a little bit of balance. So think about it. They're employees of that team. That's a little bit of the difference there. Now, when I do Laval Rocky game, I kind of sway it a little bit more 70-30 because no one knows who's on the Utica Comets. <laughs> exactly. Is that a real team? If you're listening to the Laval Rocket broadcast. You want to know what Ryan Paling's doing. You want to know what Noah Juleson's doing. You want to know what Josh Brook is doing. You want to know what Caden Primo's doing. You don't care about the other prospects. So you have to really designate your broadcast towards that. I've done Alouettes games. Alouettes is a very small market uh, when it comes to our radio and our production. It's in Montreal. The people that listen are Alouettes fans. They aren't Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. 
I yeah. make sure that I do my homework. I know everything about the Alouettes, and I'll make sure I, I I know what's going on with Saskatchewan, so I have a balance. But there is probably another 70-30 on home versus away and excitement factor. Yeah. So it depends on the broadcast. But when you get to the NHL and the professional level, I'm with you. You want to be 50-50. I, I don't want to say that we're 50-50, but we're pretty close. Most NHL Canadian broadcasts are a good 60-40. Most yeah. American ones, like some of the worst ones are 90-10. And yeah. <laughs> you know, for the most part, they're 75-25, I would say. So, I see, I see, I see. You watching basketball all the time because I get the American announcers like for when you get league pass, and it's it's it's, it's borderline terrible sometimes. And they're all like Sean said, usually yeah. employed by the team, but yeah. it's like like somebody gets like somebody will get their head taken off. And it's like that's not a flagrant. What are we mm-hmm. talking about? And it's like simmer yeah. down. And Bruce. I think that that's that's the part that blows my mind about about that is they're just sort of like they're like that wasn't a kick. What is this ref thinking? You're like, you're, you're, you're like you're like watching it. You're like. What are you like? Who is feeding this into you? And like you said, I mean, I guess it's you're, you're owned by the guy that writes your paycheck. If you if you're paid for by the team, that's what you're gonna do it. But but just them just being like, there was no kick there. I don't know what they're even wasting the time on this review. And you see like the kick going, and you're like, okay, cool. I guess that's like, and it it, it blows my mind because I feel that I, I know that they they always talk about building the building the audience and stuff. Is that like yeah. as a as a Canadian kid growing up that impartial broadcast is what made me a fan of the sport over the team mm-hmm. was that like, yeah, you give when the other team does something good, the, the announcers put it over, you know, like, like, they're, like if, yeah. if it was a hell of a play by the Philadelphia Flyers. The announcers would be like, that was a hell of a play by the Philadelphia yeah, Flyers. You, you know, I, yeah, exactly. That's it. So I think that it does, I think it does more to build the fandom of the sport. If you call it down the middle, whereas you're just like, Oh, you're just going to be this one team that I, that you're into. It's uh, no, you know what builds the fandom of the sport? You know what builds the fandom of the sport? Uh, having Kid Rock play at every fucking public show the NHL has. Who are we gonna get? Let's get Kid Rock. I don't know. Who is there anyone else available? Gary, no, no, just call Kid Rock, he'll do it. Uh, Little known fact Kid Rock is Gary Bettman's nephew. But does the NHL need to sell it to you know uh, here in Canada? They don't, they don't need to sell no. the product to Canada, they need they're trying to sell it to someone else so Canadians will take it on the chin. It's like Everybody got upset that one year, uh, the Grey Cup halftime show was Justin Bieber. It was uh, it was in Toronto. Justin Bieber was the yeah. halftime show, and everyone's like, the "CFL fans, they're a bunch of sixty-year-old men. Why do they want Justin Bieber? <laughs> Those sixty-year-old men, if it's Justin Bieber or not, are still coming back next year. Yeah, they want, they want other people to pay attention. Oh, what's this? Oh, okay, they wanted to get a young, like just understand that. Good Canadian kid. Good yeah. Canadian kid. Um. Before we, I want to ask he you something skate before. He too. Who? Cherry? <laughs> Bieber. Bieber. Yeah, he plays. He played with the Maple Leafs, I think. I saw that video once. He <laughs> skated with like, Austin Matthews. Maybe, yeah, no, I, I I saw him skate with a comedian or whatever. Maybe it was Jimmy Fallon or something. But you think Drake, uh, yeah. you think Drake was like, yo, yo, you should go call Austin and Mitch, because uh, Drake for sure knows their names. And just play, play uh, some pickup. Yeah, play some pickup. I do it with the boys all the time on the hoop. <laughs> um, you mentioned before about how you, as a producer on live broadcast, you would give notes to play-by-play guys and colored commentators. What was it like the first time you got that note calling a Habs game in the NHL? Uh, Gallo doesn't do as good a job as I do when he I see. Me, I so see. He doesn't Makes sense. <laughs> because I do it myself, I just make my own notes. It, it, it's funny, when I do play-by-play, I, have, I get all my notes down, and I use uh, 
uh, post-it notes. And my, my trick is to make sure I don't repeat myself because I put in a notebook, I'm just going to be, you know, I'll cry. Oh, I said that. Did I say that already or did I not say it? So I write them all on post-it notes. And when I say it, I crumple it up and throw it away. So then it's not in front of me. And then you just kind of use those little tidbits of information. Uh, no, I, I mean, at our broadcast, it's a, it's a lot smaller than if you're doing a, a television broadcast. Like yeah. what I do in CFL and TSN, the job I do, I do it on, on for TV. So I'm behind Chris Cuthbert, uh, Rod Black, uh, those guys, uh, Dwayne Ford, Matt Dunnigan. I've actually developed a pretty good relationship with Dunnigan. That guy is just exactly how he is on TV. That guy's hilarious. And he's he's one of the guys that just like he's like, oh, shot it's you behind me. No problem. And he and he always like whatever I give him the note, he just takes it doesn't even he just reads it like he just says trust me and then like sometimes Dwayne Ford's like I'll just put this over here and maybe I'll use it maybe I won't I'm not sure like, <laughs> I'm like okay next. as an Owls fan I always cringe when we get Rob Black on the call but I, you know that's you don't have to acknowledge that at yeah. a point at a point mm-hmm. Keith that nah, nah, man it's just that's that, uh, no, the views and opinions Black. of Chris Ventito no <laughs> uh, here's here's my Rob Black rant um it's too much we talk about all the the hysterics it's too much dial it back a bit it's not fucking. It's it's Toronto, Montreal in July. It's not. We're watching. We're only watching this game because we care about the league. You don't have to sell us on it. Just get it going. Tell tell me what happens. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the CFL consistently has to sell itself. Like I feel like the CFL as like against like other sports leagues, especially in North America, they have to sell themselves way harder because like they don't have an obvious star power the way the NFL does, and they really. You know, I mean, he gets crushed by down. college too now, right? Like yeah. in the last yeah. ten years, big time. Like, NCAA about, kills them. But also think about if you grew up playing football. You know what I mean? If you if you grew up and you had a, a love for like the running game or something, and the CFL doesn't have as great of a running game as the NFL or something. You, it doesn't you, even doesn't even matter on the running game, Corver. Like I was like every every kid I know that grew up playing football has posters of NFL players on their walls. Like no, like other than other than maybe Doug Flutie, who was like the breakthrough guy on the actually, posters. I had a Bruno Hepel poster and a Jermaine Copeland poster, but they I had made, I mean, they made posters of those guys. My dad worked, <laughs> my dad worked for the Owls. My my yeah. dad worked for the Owls. He was uh, he, he catered for them for a couple of years. Well, those are the so I got on fan nights. That's why. I, that's, no, nobody like, bought, nobody my, bought them. They're all giveaways. Like I was a twelve year old in the Alouettes locker room when like when they were winning every, the East final every year. Yeah. Like I, they were, I, I, it was I, a, a stretch of there of dominance. Yeah. yeah. I just I, I have such a soft spot for the for the Owls. It was one yeah. of the first, first gigs I had at the station. Uh, the first year, 2007, I was operate. I was just operating the show called The Owls this week, and I would go and do some reporting every now and then. But that was like super, like once or twice a week. And then the the summer after, the guy who hosted it, he left, and my boss was like, "Oh, Sean, you're the host now. You're the host of The Owls this week, and I'm still the host of The Owls this week." That's how I got into the CFL. And, you know, I've called games, I've done color on games, I've done sideline reporting, I do CFL on TSN. I, I just really, like, love the game. I went to, uh, when they had the extra man on the field in, in uh, Calgary, I was on the field. I was covering it for TSN 690. I, I convinced my bosses, uh, you know, to pay me if I was there. I went to fly out, I float, paid for myself to fly out, stayed at a friend's house, and then they paid me to work the game. It pretty, I pretty much came out even, but I was like, hey, it's an That's experience. That's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember being on the field and I saw the kick go up and I saw the flag go right away. I go, and then he missed. I was like, there's a flag on the play. And because it was at the whistle, I was like, that's too many men. And I couldn't tell because I was on the other end of the field and then it was too many men. Uh, but yeah, a couple uh, uh, CFL, just you mentioned about kids growing up, CFL stories. 
I played football twice uh, in midget and in CJEP. And in midget, I would play for the St. Laurent Spartans. Shout out to Coach Williams. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, hey, the king of the Prince of St. Laurent's right here. Yeah. Hey. Spartans, baby. Spartans. And my favorite thing was I, I had a pretty good year and I was running back. Uh, and I had a pretty good year. And I remember my coach gave, pulled me aside and he gave me this huge cup. First time I ever played football. I played soccer and uh, hockey my whole life. And I always wanted to play football. My buddy convinced me. He goes, pulls me aside. He's like, Sean, you had a really good season. I just want you to keep going with football. I think you really, really have a good chance of making the CFL. <laughs> and, and, and like as a 17 year old kid that like fell out of deaf ears so i was like what huh I, i'm still trying to make the nhl man like what what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> you know and I, and I i that was that was one time and then my second dream in the cfl that came short because radio got in the way i always had a good leg because i played soccer and i used to tell my friends all the time by the time i, I was like 23 and you know we'd go out drinking and, you know, figure out what we're trying to do in our lives. We still do. And uh, I was even when I was a teacher, I was like, man, if this radio thing doesn't pull out, I'm 26 at the time. I said, if I'm 30 and I don't have a job, I'm going to dedicate my life to become a CFL kicker. It never happened. But I, I think I had the leg for it. I think I, had the leg for it. <laughs> I, my, I was at 30 years old. I was going to dedicate my life to become a CFL kicker. I'm, I'm Canadian. I would have been perfect for the uh, for the import export role. It was it was awesome. But yeah, I wish more. I wish more thirty-year-olds would dedicate their lives to becoming a CFL kicker than trying comedy. But I mean, here we are. And yeah. <laughs> with this new lockdown, I might have to hit the the gridiron, guys. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, boys, I don't the want tit- to dream. The, tit- the Titans might need some bodies. <laughs> I don't want you to dream too big. I just looked it up. The uh, CFL players earn an average base salary between eighty and eighty-five thousand dollars. That's good money, man. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Yeah, not, no, no. I don't know how much you're making over at uh, fucking CN over there, but <laughs> let's not laugh at 85 grand. How much do you think? Six, what's, what's the average salary of the kicker, though? The kicker, probably 80,000. Yeah, yeah, probably pretty good. It, it, it's all, it's all, CFL is all based on experience. So if you're a kicker that's been in the league six years, you'll make more money. If you're yeah. a kicker that's uh, a rookie, you'll make less. It, it, uh, CFL is really based on uh, years of experience. Montreal. More like a regular job. Montreal yeah. <laughs> Hero and uh, Calgary Stampeder uh, Rene Paradis has been a kicking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I worked with his brother at a previous call center job. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool. Somebody else cared about the CFL. You never see that. It's usually no. just me. Yeah. What? I, yeah. I, I love it, though. I love the CFL. I mean, too. So you're 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 in the in the industry of making people care about sports, right? Like, sport, like sports radio, sports announcement, whatever. So what is it that sort of prevents – like, I, it blows my mind. Like, I'm, I'm not a football guy, CFL or NFL. Uh, but I, I don't like to me in my ignorance, I, I'm like when someone's like, oh, my team's the Bills. I'm like, well, we have the Owls. And they're like, it's not the same, you idiot. <laughs> you know, and they'll just like jump down my throat. It's not, though. I, I know it's a different sport. I know that there's different downs of like rules. Like, I, I, I get it. But it's just like, but why are why is it viewed? And I understand that the talent pool is different. But I'm like, but why can't the CFL even like sniff popularity with the casual football fan? Like, And their, their seasons don't even run completely overlap like it's not even like you need to choose one or the other like the nhl and the nba like they're directly on top of each other right cfl and nfl the seasons are a little staggered so you could be a fan of both and to some people are like no like i don't is there I, a... think, I think you can i think there's there's nfl fans they want to watch the best and that's it and then they'll watch the cfl game and they're like it can't do it uh i think the people that are, are fans of both are just football fans so like that's, yeah like for me 
I can be on a Saturday afternoon, flip on a college game, know nothing about it, but it's the game of football, and I love it. I can sit down and watch a game of football of two teams. That's what drew me into the CFL. That's what draws me into the NFL. That I, and, and on the NFL Sunday, I can watch any game. It doesn't have to be, you know, my Packers. I make a point to sit down when they're playing, but I'll watch any game because I enjoy the sport, the st- uh, strategy of the sport. But yeah, there are people that are just NFL fans, and that's it. And you can't really get into in their mind. So but is it like a, is it like a marketing thing or whatever? Like, no, no, it's a degenerate gambling thing. The NFL is such a fucking experience that last night for like half an hour, Bet Three Six Five was down, and I almost lost my fucking mind. It's a it's a degenerate gambler thing. So you can't you, bet on the CFL. That's it. You need more better money lines on the NFL. No, you can bet on, on the CFL. CFL. You can, it's you can bet very. On it just, you know, it's it's harder. They have they have lines on pro wrestling now. Like they have lines on anything. You can. I think it's fantasy. I, I always believe that the is, the NFL like crushes because of fantasy in it. Like the, like football as a sport, like has the best fantasy leagues, right? Like like yeah. not not just because there's, there's probably more fantasy players in football, but because of the fact that you can like you can draft positions and and draft like like. Whenever you play fantasy hockey, you're like, oh, that guy got moved down the line, and now you're like, well, he's useless now, you know. Like whereas, exactly. like in the NFL, like if you if you have a kicker, if you have a quarterback, if you have whatever, they're going to be playing that position the entire you should, year. You should play more fantasy leagues if you think kickers need to go in the first or second round. Keith. Who said first or second round? I'm saying you that, that were funny. First two things, kicker. No, first or second line, brother. I'm just saying, like the position. You're like, oh, so you know, like Max Domi starts in a top pairing, and now he ends up on the fourth line. <laughs> With like half the amount of minutes, like whereas like the number of minutes playing on a football player is going to be roughly equivalent for the whole year, barring injuries or whatever. Like, which is injuries is a big deal. But I'm just saying, but it's built for it's built not built for, but it caters perfectly to fantasy because you can actually draft a player from every single team and it still comes together in a meaningful way. And I think that helps it a lot, probably with the gambling, like. <laughs> that's that's the, the the fantasy though. That's funny. And when you get into radio though, people just. They don't care. Like they care about their own fantasy. They don't care about anybody else's fantasy. And it's funny. <laughs> make that joke all the time. All right, I'm gonna talk about my fantasy team, and everyone's like, "Oh, like no one wants to hear about your fantasy team whatsoever." I can sit here and tell you guys, I won my week this week, and I had two players with zero points. I mean, same actually. I think. Well, I mean, I think if you if you put any like what I've heard, I guess some or not heard. I've never heard it on radio, but I've seen it on blogs. Is where they have the weekly blog on like who to drop and who to pick up. Like that's the kind of like the way to talk about fantasy, not about your team, but just yeah. in general general fantasy advice. Like this guy's cold, this guy's getting hot. But uh, it, but it's so hard because it's it's so specific to anybody, and then like people want to know, hey, should I? play this guy or this guy but then you're talking about something so specific that no one else cares about and yes. it's so hard in fantasy to be general about it mm-hmm. to be because everybody's have specific needs i think that's that's the tough thing about fantasy i think yeah. fantasy but i don't really talk about it much on the, on the air or anything because you know it's pretty useful yeah keith keith chris chris could I ask Sean some nerdy football questions real quick before we get to five questions? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll shut up for I'll, five questions. I I'll, I'll be good. Five. <laughs> is that a Simon Salikas thing? Uh, it's a lot of people. So I actually have a gripe with our five sec- uh, question segment, but we do it differently. It's very okay. different. That's fine. It's very different. Are you uh, lying? Like you're lying. We do do it differently. You're I'm just... not lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> your your gripes are unfounded, sir. No, I'm just saying. I'm like 
we're not the only podcast that or uh you know we're not the, oh you're saying we're not the only like sort of interview show that has questions for guests no say. we're not and <laughs> number them God, this one's gonna be six questions yeah you want to you want another number if okay listen i limited it to five you know walter and his absurdity like if walter had his way yeah, 38 like, it's 72 <laughs> questions walter <laughs> And 71 of them are a different version of why that person sucks. <laughs> um, uh, how do you, th- how do you, qu- quick run on the Packers? How do you think the Packers are going to do this year? How do you feel about Revenge Aaron Rodgers? Do, do, you, want, uh, do you want my fandom? Or my I want fandom? unfiltered Sean Campbell. I don't want the Toronto. <laughs> We're going 16 and 0? Okay. Look, I, I, one, he's been outstanding uh, to start things off. I, I absolutely love the way that he's playing. The one thing he does, he doesn't turn over the ball like ever. In the, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but in the last like four seasons, he has like, like seven picks. Yeah, it's I know. Crazy. Because, and if you look at his completion percentage, it's low because he throws the ball away when nothing's there. He doesn't even get sacked. He'll make sure he throws the ball away. Half, half the time that he doesn't have a completion is because the ball is dropped or he threw it away. Other than that, his completion percentage would be like at 95. That's how good he is. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is the absolute best quarterback in the game. I just hope they have enough to go out and uh, win it all because it's, it would suck if he went somewhere else like Las Vegas in like two years. I, I wanted to be a Packer for life. I wanted Brett Favre to be a Packer for life. But, you know, I've been spoiled. Would anyways. it suck more if he went to Carolina? I mean, <laughs> Car- actually, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, though. If he went to Carolina, that'd probably be the one place I didn't mind. That's like my second favorite team because my dad lives there. So I've always had a soft spot for Carolina. I- I actually think it's San Fran or bust if he ends up leaving Green Bay. Uh, I would hate it if it was San Fran. I know, I know you would, would hate it, it, but it would, it would definitely be. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a Rams fan, Sean. How do you, how, how, how the Rams surprised you? Have the Rams surprised you with, the, with how we started here? Uh, well, I'll tell you this: that uh, I uh, dropped my uh, backup because my fantasy quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, but I dropped my backup quarterback for Jared Goff because I like the way that he's been playing. I've actually been really impressed with him. Uh, and I've watched actually a lot of Rams. I think I've watched two out of their three games so far. Uh, I really like uh, what they do. I, like Woods is outstanding as a receiver, and they kind of get the Cooper Cup there as well. I'm uh, I'm a big fan. I don't. They're in a. They're probably in the toughest division, so I think it is going to be tough. They might have to end up being a wild card, but you know, in the NFC, being a wild card, I don't think it's the end of the world. You just have to play an extra week. Yeah, especially with the one bye this year, mm-hmm. it's going to be weird. Um, a true or false, uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady could retire tomorrow and their teams would improve. <laughs> Maybe uh, not so uh, much Brady, but, uh, I'll say false for the saints and, uh, false for the, uh, box. I don't think Brady's done. I think, uh, if, if Bridgewater was still with the saints, then maybe I'd say true. I, I watched Drew Brees. His longest pass this year is 52 yards, and that was because Alvin Kamara made a crazy play. That's, yeah. He doesn't he, – and it was funny. That he just – he checks down. He looks down the field. He's scared because he wants to be like Aaron Rodgers and not throw any picks, but then that makes him just check down, check down, check down, and he's not going to get his team anywhere by doing that. You have to take the chance. you got to trust your receivers, and he doesn't without Thomas there. Uh, and the last one before we get to the, the final segment. Um, who – Who's your Super Bowl? Not a Super Bowl matchup, but who's your who's your Super Bowl matchup right now after three weeks? Packers Chiefs, baby. Packers Chiefs. I like it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Chris is, Chris is putting money Chiefs. on that right now. No, it's yeah. gonna be Rams no, Chiefs. Chiefs. That's what it'll be. Packers Chiefs, one hundred percent, and Packers, of course, going all the way and winning. 
I have uh, I have I have a football related question that's unrelated to play because I was over at my uh, brother in law's the last last weekend. Oh, the they last don't have weekend. TV. I'm just I don't watch football. <laughs> I'm kidding. Talk. I'm kidding. The 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 fake fan crowds and the NFL I find insane. <laughs> like like I didn't like it in hockey, but I feel that in football it's even crazier. Do like, you see what they did? Do you see what they did in Denver? No. The whole the whole section. South Park. South yeah. Park. It's all South Park characters. <laughs> that doesn't like putting it's putting the standees in is not the worst, but it, it's that that crowd like the the like the in, the perpetual like. <sighs> I was like, I was like, who are you trying to fool? <laughs> like, yeah, they're allowed think, to go to seventy decibels, but like, yeah. the, place, like the the Superdome gets up to like one fifteen easy, but yeah, they're exactly. only allows seventy decibels. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So you just sort of like, oh, it's a really bored audience watching this. Like it's like you have the fake fans, but then they sound oh. bored. The NBA, the NBA is the only sport that figured out the 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 no fans thing before before Vince came up with the Thunderdome. The he Thunderdome totally is he, amazing. He, oh yeah, oh, it's so good. It's the best. Oh like it, it's it 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 takes what the NBA did and improves upon it by having them like hey. in the stands. Like, Corber, the Thunderdome is way better than their ripoff of what AEW was doing for a while with the you with know, the guys the, behind the plexiglass. Yeah, yeah. The Thunderdome is. Uh, I, it I, looks look, cool. I, I look. I, I I'm a wrestling guy. I watch my wrestling, but I stopped through COVID, and I I had time. I've been recording everything, and I had time to sit down and watch it. I just couldn't do it. And then yeah. I It was what two nights ago. The pay per view. Night of Champions. Yeah. So I was like, oh, commercial break. There's no other football games. Oh, yeah, let me check. And I checked out Class Champions. And I was like, watch it. Hmm, Thunderdome, looking pretty good. So maybe, maybe I'll start watching just a little bit because the Thunderdome sold me uh, that I enjoyed it. And also, I saw Vince I saw is it. so happy. Vince is so happy right now. Vince heard that and yeah. he is thrilled. He's like, damn it, it's working for Campbell. Damn it. Get yeah, me the I, Campbell I, in I, Toronto. I Get me the Campbell in Toronto next. Damn it. I, I, I heard, I forget who was saying it, but one of the guys was even, like, one of the wrestlers was even saying how it helps them because they were like, because they're like, you're just playing to nothing. And they're like, even yes. though, like, you go into the corner and you're like, you see a wall of faces and some people are booing and some people are, he's like, it's, it's obviously they're not actually looking at you, but it gives you something to play to. As opposed to just like one guy with a camera being like, act real mad about this this staged fight that you're having. Well, that's why that's why Randy Orton said all my matches are going to be behind the scenes because I don't want to be performing for nobody. This is not a fucking buck and a quarter, buck and a quarter in a legion. Yeah. In, in Kissimmee, Florida, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Randy Orton on Twitter, by the way, Sean is yeah. a great follow. I don't know if you yeah, follow he's him. Yeah, impressive, eh? He's so it's it's RKO's all day online. It's the best. But also the NBA the with NBA his own guys, play. with his own guys in NXT too. It's not just guys from other promotions. It's his own guys. It's amazing. Nice. I like it. I was gonna say, but the NBA does, is the one that doesn't pipe in the fake fans, right? Like they have the virtual fans. They have the virtual side. fans, but they don't do the weird fake like, no. like whatever. Like the they just like don't, when you when people when they when any like when it happens, they cut to people clapping on live stream, which I like. I don't know. Yeah. I I love I love the sound. Russell Westbrook of, in the second round. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. I love the sound of sports, and I, I was really excited originally to to that I thought they were gonna not have any fake fans in hockey because I love like when you watch like the twenty four sevens and stuff like that and you get to hear the get to hear the ice and then I realized they're like oh no they're gonna like they don't have anyone who can beep fast enough to actually mic the ice. Especially <laughs> hockey players. Be, 
24-7 taught me anything. Hockey players swear all the time. Yeah, that that in my mind for I think I think it I think that delusion like lasted to the for refs. about 24 hours. Yeah, that delusion lasted yes. about 24 hours in my mind where I was like, oh, they're gonna put mics on the ice and we're just gonna hear them go at it. And then I was like, wait, that's not family friendly entertainment, whatever. No, it's I love that stuff. <laughs> we should have gotten the I, I, I love it when you can hear them talk on the ice. I, I, that's that stuff. It gets yeah. me every time. I, I love the live mics. I love all that stuff. Yeah. So you guys, you want you want to hit the 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 never before uh, heard of or seen a brand new segment, a brand new segment, face a podcast, two hundred and twenty. <laughs> we will revolutionize the industry like Conan the for podcasts. It's the so we're we all elite little, uh, podcasting. A little piece towards the end where we ask you uh, five questions. So the first one, Sean, uh, just a nice easy question to, to start you off. What do your thoughts sound like? What do my thoughts sound like? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Do you have play-by-play thoughts? No, they're pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty. Basic. Campbell, <laughs> opening his eyes up in the morning, heading out to the room. He's got to take a leak. Heading to the bathroom now. Turns on the light switch, fumbles with it a little bit. He was drinking last night, folks. <laughs> it was his question, Keith. Sorry. No, no, but that's yeah. The, what do my thoughts sound like? <laughs> I think it's just you know because there's a lot of time you know you're, you're by yourself and you're just you know thinking and I. You know, I'll I'll listen to music and stuff and just let that drown out my thoughts. But my <laughs> thoughts are pretty basic. It's like, okay, what are you doing today? Okay, this is up. And it, and for most of my thoughts, it's about scheduling time. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I can lay in bed another seven more minutes, and then my coffee is gonna take five. I'll shower while that's on, and I'm just planning out the details of my day on a schedule until I get to work. So that's fun, like you know, working my thoughts, my thoughts are mostly a schedule. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. What about it? What about if I just, so it's just a miniature follow, like on vacation, are you still like doing the itinerary or do you just, like if you don't have to follow a schedule? Yeah, that's, you know, what's funny. Cause I went, I went camping this weekend with just me and my boys and, you know, I just kind of let them do their thing. And I said, guys, honestly, we're just going to chill. And I just sat down and did nothing. I, I read a book and a half. Like, like unplugged. Oh, no, it was, and I tried my best. I had my phone around for music, and I texted a little bit, but I did my best because I'm, I'm on my phone a lot. I tried to just put my phone aside. I, I did a decent job, but not as good a job as I thought. Yeah, well, we, we, have, a, we have a little, uh, a three-season, 600-square-foot cabin up in the woods. Uh, it's like, a summer home. My summer place. He steals my summer all the shack. fucking money, Sean. Right. All the ad yeah. money that comes in. He takes it for this fucking fakakta home up in the yeah. hills. I had to get rid no- of the logo for the beer because, uh, you know, I wasn't getting paid to sponsor. Oh, exactly. I, I'm telling you, we have big, big but time cash coming. All that to say, there's no internet up there and there's no cell phone reception. And everyone's like, how do you live? I'm like, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing. Because you don't it's even have the I'm choice. I'm so connected now. I, I try my best. It's, it's, it's really hard. And I tried over the last three days. I, I didn't do as well as I thought I would. <laughs> uh, question what? number two. Chris go ahead, Keith. No, no, go ahead. I thought you guys had it. Uh, what was your favorite thing to eat as a child? Like, what, what, what age are we thinking for child? It's, whatever. It could kid kid stuff. Either <laughs> it's your, meal, it's your call. Meal, it's your call. snack, right, so any age, just the thing that popped to your head. Uh, it was... It was uh, and maybe it's just because of the syrup, and I grew up where it was always natural syrup. Uh, it was French toast and pancakes. Uh, French toast. When I got to choose the breakfast, it was French toast all the time. French toast, French toast. And I and I still, to this day, love making French toast. I make it for my boys. But pancakes was one that, when I went to my dad's, we used to have pancake eating contests. 
me and my buddy on Saturday mornings. He'd sleep over on Friday, and my dad would make pancakes, you know, I'd say about this big. And we would <laughs> see how much we can eat. And we are, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. I mean, the score got to 80 to 79. Like, my dad just would, it was insane. And because we liked it, we enjoyed it too. So I'm going to have to go French toast and pancakes as a child was uh, probably my favorite. And then you never got phone calls from concerned neighbors or anything being like, why are you feeding those kids so many pancakes? Good thing I did, I don't know. Good thing I did sports. I'm not sure. I just, I think. You I just had, had to burn those carbs. I just had to burn the carbs. And I don't think there, you know, that's the one thing I'll say. I have never really watched what I ate. In, and, and, and I'm 41. Yeah, me neither. And, and, and I've noticed that now I have to start doing that. But I, I have to, I, it's it's weird when I've had to start watching what I eat, but uh, I've just kind of ate what I wanted when I wanted. Pancakes and French toast. Lolly, you want to grab the next one? Oh. No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Corber. Number three, what is the best or worst thing about growing up? The best thing about growing up is eating what you want when you want. Because <laughs> that's when you were a kid, you always got. I was gonna say, hang on though. This this flies in the face of the last question. Though. Okay, You're okay, like, eating what you want when I want. When I was a kid, I had to eat eighty pancakes because I felt like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I stayed at my dad's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, split household. Dad, uh, dad yeah, would yeah, force yeah. us into these competitions that we had. To yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think the best thing you know uh, about uh, you know. Okay, the best thing about being a kid was the the independence of just going out and doing whatever you wanted in the day. I was I was one of those kids when I was 10, 11, I left the house and I had to be back by dinner. Like I didn't, you know, there and I, I'm trying to instill that a little bit on my it's tougher nowadays to do that. But I, you know, I left at 10 and 11 and I did my own. I just did my own thing. And it was home by dinner or home for whatever sports started. And there was just this. Uh, freedom. The worst thing about now is, you know, I tell you about my schedule in my head all the time is just, okay, you got to do this. You got to go to work. You got to bring this there. Oh, you're out of food. You got to go grocery shopping. You got to, you know, there's, there's responsibilities. And I, I think growing up, it's the added responsibility for everything. And I, I enjoyed the irresponsible days of being a kid. Cause I think that, you know, you were able to do what you want when you wanted. Yeah, it might be a, like, a mushy, addition to this question but how's it been like watching your kids grow up because you have two boys right yeah and how watching them grow up and how how and like, i know they're into sports because i follow you online and stuff how how cool has that been to like see them get like pissed off on a like way they the way they played or a game or whatever and you're and like you're a sports guy but you're also like being a father in that moment like, how cool has that been for you to kind of like yeah. watch that happen it's i i, I love it because i coach them half the time too and we had this crazy baseball summer where we, you know, we had three wins all year and then we got into the playoffs and we had four wins in the playoffs and we beat every single team. We even won in the final against the top team, but because they hadn't lost again, we had to play them again. And it was like our third time. So we lost that double final. We beat them in the first final, but it's double eliminations. We had to, and, and it's speaking about being angry. My youngest who is still too young for that age group, because we were out of pitchers for the day, I was like, dude, you're starting. You got to pitch. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you got to go. And he did okay. And we lost the game. Just like seeing, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, he was just crushed because they had so many highs throughout the weekend that it was their first loss and they like didn't win the championship. And it was just, it was neat to be there for as a dad, but it was hard to swallow a little bit. But I, I love those moments, those moments. Like I think he'll remember that moment. I'll remember that moment. 
and I, I absolutely love that. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's really been fun. What a what a what a gamer though, throwing out your underage kid is like, go out there, kid. Yeah, we'll, well, we'll worry saying, about your I confidence tomorrow. In the in the game in the first final, uh, like my son who's eight is like underage. My my I threw a kid that was six year old six years old <laughs> against twelve year olds, and he struck out eleven. It was insane. That's amazing. <laughs> Shout what out a, to that kid. What a what a stud. Yeah. <laughs> Young Max Scherzer over here. Yeah, he uh, might be. What's the next? Uh, what's the guest question? The next question is uh, so this, Chris, you're uh, you're you're gonna have to deliver yeah. it because you didn't. <laughs> oh, you didn't, I know you didn't edit is. it. You were like, no, this will be great, and then you booked Sean. So this is all on you, buddy. Your uh, this question comes from our previous guest, a friend of the show, Allie Pierce, yeah. uh, okay. Toronto comic. She's a writer on Letterkenny. Uh, she, uh, and a, you know, good, just good friend. And she has this wholesome question for us. Um, fuck, Mary kill with Chris Lawrence and Walter Link. Fuck, Mary. Oh, kill. it's me, buddy. It was you. Yeah. It was the three hosts. Oh, I, I thought I, it was Walter. The, it's, it's, it's you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you totally okay. kill yeah. Keith. Uh, that's <laughs> all right. I'm kidding. It's fine. Don't, I mean, okay. just uh, listen. Well, when there's gonna, when the I'm Italian guy just one. keeps telling you that you're gonna die, eventually yeah. you just start to believe it and start looking over your shoulder all the time. One, one, one. Keith, I'm marrying you. You have the summer home, so you have. Yeah. Uh, Keith, I'm, I'm the estate you. strikes again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sorry, Lawrence, you're you're a dead man. I apologize. No way. Yeah. And uh, just Chris, I, I have a longest longer standing relationship, I think, with Chris. And I think it could be a little bit more intimate when I fuck them. Mm. Kids, let's That's let fair. this be a lesson to all the young kids in the Montreal comedy scene. Uh, you know, don't shit on experience unless hey. it's unless it's the guy on those Bell commercials. Um, that's Paul Ash for kids keeping score at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. To, well, I don't care. Yeah, I'll take some it, of I'll these. Take. Some of these are just for me. Um, I'm just glad I didn't die for once. That's. Uh... The exciting part. Lawrence, a fuck Mary kill with us three. Where are you going? Oh, well, I feel spiteful, so I probably should kill Campbell. But <laughs> You're going to kill me, you know, I know. He it. seems very charming, so I think fuck Campbell, definitely marrying Keith, definitely killing Chris. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, for me, it's it's absolutely kill Keith, uh, yeah. fuck, uh, fuck uh, Campbell, and absolutely marry Corbin. Uh-huh. He's, a new, he's a new homeowner, and you're my boy. And even oh, though you just threw me under the bus. Oh, Lord, you own your own home? I didn't know that. Oh, now I'm now, yeah, now you're regretting killing me off, Campbell. This is coming back to haunt you now. He's a brand new homeowner, kids. He's moving on up. Check the foundations, Thank you, Shaw. <laughs> uh, fifth question. Fifth question. Fifth question is, uh, what question would you like to ask to our next guest without knowing who our next guest is? All right question for your next guest not knowing who the guest is yeah all right if you were uh if you were to murder somebody uh sniper style close range with a knife or poison oh okay is this is this is this jarhead version of fuck mary kill yeah (laughs) yeah 
Uh, Corber, answer first. Like, I mean, sniper, close up with a knife, or by poison. The yeah, power like, of I mean, the sniper I mean, rifle. The thing, yeah, that's the thing. But I it's think the power poison, of the sniper. But you want to feel it, like the knife? You could feel the murder. That's many, true. I'm gonna that's get very. The, in these COVID uh, times, I don't want to transmit anything onto my hands with a stabbing or a close uh, range shot. Doesn't transmit by blood, man. We you that. don't know. You don't know. I read <laughs> QAnon. <laughs> it's in the Save those kids. Just do the uh, research, sheeple. Yeah, I, I, I feel there's like thing. yeah, there's there's weird stuff going on in this question because like I know that they they they've even done the, this weird thing is like sniping even when they talk to snipers feels like the most unnatural thing in the world, right? Because like you see it happen through the scope, but you're so far away <laughs> that you're completely detached from the event, and they say like psychologically it just like. Even like with snipers, they say it really messes with you. So I was in the Middle East and I got to meet Israeli soldiers. And one of the guys was a sniper with confirmed kills. Mm -hmm. So we were having a couple beers and I once asked him, I said, hey, man, what is it? What do you feel when you shoot somebody? And he looks at me with the most serious face any human being has ever looked at. And he goes, recoil. <laughs> I love how, I love how you <laughs> That's all right. That's right. And based on that story alone, I think I would have to go with poison. Like just because that, like my heavy watching of Game of Thrones, I think definitely yeah. poison. Yeah. yeah. I, I would. I would tend to go with poison too. I don't want to watch someone's head turn into mist through a scope from like two blocks away. I'd rather I see them change color, like Lady Olena. I wouldn't even be there for it. I'd be like, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd like, like, I'd do, I don't know, maybe like a contact poison or whatever. I'd shake their hands. I'd be like, have a good evening, like uh, to you and yours. And I'd leave the house and they would die violently throwing up or something in the bathroom without me around. <laughs> That's That's hard. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't watch it. I have no, this if I had to, hard. if I had to kill someone, I have no desire to watch it go down. Like that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I wouldn't. So poison for you, poison for Corber, sniper. Like the for me. cowards we are. Yeah. Sniper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sniper. I want. I, I want to feel that power. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's Belly that's the power. Like, like Scott Burrell in the '98 Finals. I want to feel that power. <laughs> Sean, do you have a do you have a preferred answer yourself, or are you? No, just a... I, I, I've I've never handled a gun. I don't think I will, and uh, I I don't think I'll go the coward's way with the poison. So I'd probably have to stab them to death. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's like, not you're... cowardly. It's not. It's it's out. You're getting your hands dirty. <laughs> I know. I sorry. I've been watching a lot of Sons of Anarchy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good rewatch show too. Um, before we go, what's what what what's it like watching Sons a second or third time now? It's first for me. It's the first for you. Yeah, no, I'm watching it for the first time. I just oh, uh, buddy. middle of the way season four. I'm I'm loving it. I, I actually because it was a Aaron Ward on TSN just kept talking about it and I it was there and then it went on Netflix and it was only season one, so I plowed through that, but then season two hadn't come out yet. Then season two came out, I plowed through that, and then they finally released the rest of the season. So I'm I'm in something brand new, so that's kinda always fun. Because I just I just finished rewatching The Wire, which I'm not going to complain about for like the sixth time, seventh time. It was, I to this day will say that it is the absolute best show that I've ever watched, and I could watch it again and again and again. The Wire is number one for me. Well, Walter and I are about to when we finish The Sopranos, we're gonna be we're gonna do The Wire because we're back in lockdown. So that's it. Why not? You won't you won't be disappointed if you're watching that three or four times. No, no, this is gonna be it's gonna be like my fourth or fifth time watching yeah. the whole series. I just so. did a, I just did a poll on uh, on on Twitter because I just finished it, and uh, feel free to do this. Uh, your your top five favorite 
characters in The Wire and your least five favorite characters in The Wire. There's some overlap there, though. <laughs> anyway, so so I'm just saying it's not easy. No, no, you can't answer this in a in a two minute span. You really no. it took me about a day to make my list. Like I really had to think about my my top five and my my bottom five. I put it out on my Twitter, and the re, the the best part about everything, everybody that answered, everybody that answered, their least favorite, their least favorite, including mine, is Canard. Yeah. Was, was do you get a lot of Omar for first? Uh, Omar was number two for me. Omar oh, was number two. Oh, who's number one? Bunk, baby. Oh, it's all bunk. about bunk. I like bunk too. Shit. Um, that scene with him and McNulty when they're at the crime scene, I think it's in season yeah. one. Yeah. When they, they just say, they just keep repeating one word to each other for like two yeah. and a half minutes. It's some of the best acting you'll ever see. It's because uh, it's funny because then it got into the conversation on Twitter. Some guy goes, I just had this conversation with my friends about the, um, the five best scenes in the wire and that is one of the best scenes in the wire because the wire has that, some that that scene is hilarious i also love when it's like when it's like memed or whatever like i've even seen it on like uh on our habs on like reddit or whatever when, like when they're talking about like a trade and then like realizing how this trade happened and you just like <laughs> pick up a piece of paper <laughs> like look look at the thing and you're just like it all connects or whatever you're just yeah. like for, for five minutes just repeating the like such, a good, such a good scene yeah, as they finally like, and it's been there the whole time. Wendell uh, Pierce. Wendell Pierce. Yeah, number one for me, Bunk. I, I, I see. I can make an argument real quick that Stringer Bell could be on my favorite list and on my least favorite list, he depending on the season. The depending on the season we're talking about. Yeah, that's fine. He didn't make either of my list, but he was kind of in the middle too. Uh, Avon made on my least favorite list. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, then I. It's funny because this is just the other day I was with my buddy and we just were talking about it then you could get into another conversation who's your favorite uh uh one season character a character that was only in one season because they uh that again this these are conversations that you you can't have in two minutes you really have to think about it and it took us it took us like a whole evening to go oh yeah no no but he was in another season it didn't matter you know so some there's some good one season characters some bad ones too so you so you just finished watching The Wire, and that means you saw um, uh, one half of the left side strong side tandem of Remember the Titans, and now you picked up Sons of Anarchy, and you get Gary Bertier uh, mm-hmm. walking again with, with a motorcycle uh, addiction, and it, it was isn't it fun to see what these guys that you've like from other shows that you've like where'd that guy go? Boom on yeah. a new show. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's I always you know I'm like where did I see that guy again? Oh yeah, where's that guy? Oh, yeah. It's, and then sometimes you're like, okay, I got to IMDb it. HB also is really good in terms of a studio of, of having actors they like and they bring them back. Yeah. So you'll be watching Treme or you'll be watching Oz or you'll be watching Game of Thrones and you'll see a lot of through lines of actors, which I always found really, really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I found I found yeah, when Polly really did the Game of Thrones guest spot. When Polly when Polly did that Game of Thrones guest spot, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, like a Game of Thrones. Hey. The whole time I'm like, that's Clark Kenny. That's not Littlefinger. That's Clark <laughs> yeah, Kenny. He's the mayor. He won. Yeah. He it, it kind of felt like he was playing the same type of character though on both shows. Bit, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sean. This was fun. Ah, it was good times, man. It was awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. Anytime. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, 
Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude, who provided our theme songs. And, of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling, who technically retired, but still sometimes hosts. Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Corber, and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.